As Lisa Laudico, our fearless leader, mentioned earlier this week, we have entered the season of Thanksgiving, and I would also add the gift-giving. Purely by accident, we may be starting a new tradition here on the Trailblazer series. Guests bearing gifts. No joke. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It will be revealed during our interview. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I want to thank Dar Finkelstein for a gift of joy she gives us every month with her segment, A Dash of Joy. She's a great friend and a wonderful co-host, and I quite literally would not be able to do this series without her. I also want to thank our trailblazers for the tireless work they do on our behalf, day after day. This month's trailblazer is no different. Her name is Susan Weldon. She is founder and CEO of Unite for Her. When Susan was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2004, at first, like many of us, she did not believe her diagnosis. She was 39 years old with three little kids. She was too young and too healthy to have this disease. But of course, there was no mistake. As she began searching for information on therapies that would complement the medical treatments she was receiving, she discovered a lack of easily accessible resources on topics like nutrition, acupuncture, massage, yoga, and other ways for breast cancer patients to enhance their wellness and care for their emotional, spiritual, and physical needs. She decided to make a difference. In 2009, she launched a nonprofit, Unite for Her, and that's the beginning of her story now ready for a new story. That's right. Shall we start then? Okay. Let's do it. Welcome to season three of the RNBC Live podcast from Share Cancer Support, dedicated to exploring life with metastatic breast cancer from the perspective of us, the people living with this disease, and the experts who partner with us to help make our lives better. I am Victoria Wolper. And together with my friend and co-host, Dar Finkelstein, we're thrilled to bring you another season of the Trailblaze of the Month series, where once a month we shine a spotlight on organizations that serve the needs of the NBC community. Their hard work and dedication never ceases to amaze us, and we're excited to share their stories with you. And of course, as always, at the end of the episode, Dar will give us a dash of joy. So here is our interview with Susan Weldon. Hello, Susan. How are you? How are you? So do you prefer to be called Sue or Susan? My family calls me Susie. And then my husband is Susan. And then everybody at work is Sue. So I answered anything. (laughs) So I'm I'm Victoria Goldberg. I'm one of the producers. And here's my co-host and my partner in crime, Dar Finkelson. She's also our joyful person who does our joy segment every time we do a Trailblazer episode. I'm happy to be a part of it. The fact that there's this wonderful podcast just for women with metastatic disease. I just love it. 
So Thank I'm happy you. to be here. We'll put this out to our community and they're going to eat it up. I'm so glad. And uh, we're also pleased with the response we're getting from our community. What's so great about this particular episode that you'll know is that people who don't know us, it's also an opportunity for them to get into our program. And we can now serve nationwide. So they can just go to uniteprayer.org slash apply USA. So you're giving them a gift with this you know, podcast of $2,000 worth of services. Oh, that wow. They use. Wow. Oh, Whenever wow. they, for acupuncture, yoga, massage therapy, all different types of organic um, food and fresh CSA share and some basket sexual health counseling. But for our metastatic community, we renew that every six months. That's our commitment to them. So they're never without these types of integrative therapies. They're on ongoing care nonstop. We don't want to stop our services. Our services usually are a year for our women that are new, newly diagnosed. For metastatic disease, we, we treat them for life. If you promoted like, hey, we actually have a gift for you today too. What a great story. No, I agree with you. So why don't we start from the beginning? Yeah. And usually the way we start from the beginning, we ask you to tell us your story. Uh, people love to hear stories. And so, of course, you have a story to tell. Yeah, you got it. So I was diagnosed in 2004. And of course, we all remember our dates, right? I'm 17 years out, young woman diagnosed, 39 years old, three small children, and swore they had the wrong girl. And the year prior, I was taking care of my mom. She had an undisclosed cancer. It was difficult for me because I could not fix her. I could not solve this problem. And I tend to be the problem solver, you know? And so all I could do was love her. And I would just go back and forth to the hospital in Philadelphia. I'm in Westchester. I coach gymnastics, try and be a wife, try and be a mother, a daughter. This went on for a good year. And I lost 20 pounds. I wasn't paying attention to my own health. I wasn't sleeping well. All of a sudden, I'm getting panic attacks, which I never get. And my mom passes away February 27th of 2004. And I'm diagnosed April 19th. Do I think it was a coincidence? Coincidence? I don't I don't. I've, I know my immune system was beaten down. I know that I was not really following the signs. I should not be losing that kind of weight. Not sleeping is such a big sign, such a yeah. trigger. And I didn't even pay attention. And I'm thinking the flu, a little sick. I didn't think cancer. And I was trying to just keep going and, and be all and do all. And it wore me down. Now, do I think that caused it? No, you know, I can't say that, of course, but I know I, I was unbalanced. So now my journey begins. So May the 4th was my date of surgery, bilateral mastectomy, six months of chemotherapy. I had three different um, opinions because I just couldn't get over it. I was a gymnastics coach. I felt like I was active. I didn't eat poorly at all, never ate fast food, but I didn't eat a lot of vegetables. And just to put it in simplest terms, maybe a half a cup a day. And I learned so much during this time. I transformed my life. I was now on this path of getting chemotherapy every two weeks and for six months. And now I'm really sick. I lost more weight. I ended up going into a forced menopause. I wanted to have more children. It was really devastating for me. And I didn't know all of that was going to happen with a breast cancer diagnosis. I didn't realize I was going to lose so much of my sexuality and so many side effects and symptoms occurring that I just didn't know about. And that's when I dove in. I dove into educating myself about how can I get that back? How can I learn how to mitigate side effects and symptoms without more drugs and prescriptions? I didn't know at the time that I was forming the business plan for Unite for Her. I was just trying to 
be there for my kids. I just wanted to see them graduate from high school. They were young, 6, 10, and 12 at the time. So tough days, but it was almost like I was in denial and I was doing it for someone else and I'm educating myself and learning about these different modalities, integrative care. I never did acupuncture before. And a good friend of mine introduced me to it. And she's like, Sue, it's actually going to help you tremendously with sleep, hot flashes. So I found myself in one of the finest acupuncturist office. I, I feel like he saved me. I was getting 21 hot flashes a day because the forced menopause is, is fast and furious. And if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. And I was just on this terrible cycle of just a very beaten immune system which happens when you have treatment. And he took my hot flashes from 21 a day down to nine when headaches, bone pain, but it was unbelievable what I learned. Depression. He was the first one that said to me, Susan, you have every right to feel the way you do. That is a normal feeling. If you didn't feel anxiety, stress, depression, then that's not normal. You were just hit with a cancer diagnosis. And it was almost like this weight was lifted off my shoulders because you just, you're trying to lift yourself up for your kids, your husband, your family, my dad, who just lost his wife. And, and, and he gave me permission to be like, okay, he'll meet me where I am. Save me. I spent a lot of po- money on a pocket that year, not covered by the standard of care. I would go mm-hmm. twice a week for six weeks, take a break twice a week for six weeks. I did yoga and I'm not talking about the yoga. You pull your foot up over your head and you wear those really cute pants. As an athlete, I had to rethink what yoga was. And it was the power of breath, being able to sit in a chair, get the negative chatter out of your mind. I'm always worried about reoccurrence. I did not get reconstructed right away. Probably not my finest moment, but I just can't judge myself. I was afraid it was going to come back. And I just didn't want to have to take the spacers out and go through all that again. And I probably would have done things differently, but this is what I did. And then I dove into nutrition. Food became my medicine. I had the Cancer Fighting Kitchen cookbook. It was like my Bible. I was going through all of the different ways to look at food and how it could help me with mouth sores, with digestion, with energy level, knowing the properties of food. And there's this culinary kitchen type of glossary in there that tells you about the ingredients and how they're truly healing. Like food is your medicine. It was our our medicine cabinet back in the day. So I switched my whole diet to plant-based and just made these changes one step at a time. Everything from taking the chemicals out of my bath and beauty products to just really understanding a holistic approach to what my body needed and knowing my trigger points. I did that for a year. I was done my chemotherapy in October, still doing acupuncture. One year later, I found myself getting back to my old self and went to an event on the steps in Philadelphia. It was a yoga event inspiring event. Love this event. And I saw this young woman out of the corner of my eye and she looked like me, hair gone, hollow eyes, yellow skin. It was like I was looking in a mirror. So I went up to her and she's like, you look so good. What did you do? And I shared everything. I told her about the acupuncture, the yoga, the whole food nutrition. And she started crying. She's like, ah, good for you. I could never afford all that. And that was the moment. That's when I went home and I'm like, all right, honey, I want to start a nonprofit. I'm not sure what it looks like. We're all going to have to work for free for a long time. We're going to have to form a board. I need a fundraiser. I was a high level gymnastics coach. So I knew I could do an event that could raise funds in this community. And uh, we want to give every woman the option of getting $2,000 worth of treatments. So they don't have to pick and choose whether they're going to send Susie to gymnastics or do acupuncture. And then the education is key. We have to have a a conference for them so they learn and get these presentations and feel this community that becomes a supportive community. They just don't realize it, you know. 
And we started with 23 women at Paoli Hospital. That's where I was diagnosed and treated. That's where I was chirping in my surgeon's ear about everything that they did not have. My daughter was 12 at the time. She's 25 now, but it was a beautiful day. And that same model, $2,000 worth of therapies is still in effect today. Fast forward, Unite for Her was formed, got our nonprofit, formed a board, started hiring employees in 2012. My first employee, now we're up to 18. And we now are serving 2,900 newly diagnosed, 500 women living with metastatic disease for life. And the model is the same, but it looks different. And COVID actually helped us do that shift. We had to shift and pivot and, and reinvent the way that we sent the program to our women because everybody would stay at home. So that was my founder's story. I didn't realize that at the time that it was going to be a business plan for Unite for Her, but it has been a plan that has stayed tried and true. And it's an expensive model. I remember that explicitly my board saying, Susan, how are you going to keep up with the demand? It's such an expensive model. And I'm like, well, we'll just raise more money. Like we'll just raise the money and as much money as we can raise is how many we, we treat. So that's how the formula always works. And that's how we do the budget. So this year we'll raise enough funds for 2,900 newly diagnosed, but we're now across the nation. Every year we would build on how many women we serve based on how much money we would raise. Our biggest event is this pink invitational gymnastics event. We have a lot of events now, but that was the founding event. And it's down at the convention center. Girls from all over the nation, all unite as one, wear the same leotard. And we raise about $700,000 down there. And that started with 800 girls in Downingtown. And um, we gave them a platform because everybody knew someone. And we gave them a, a place to give back to a community that they love. I'm really honored to be here today to share our story and who we are and just get that word out. That's good. No, we're glad to yeah. be here. But uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. Yes. As, as my friend Paula says, I want to geek out a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. You were early stage diagnosis. I guess it was not stage one because you had uh, chemotherapy and you had double mastectomy. Yeah. But it was estrogen receptor positive, I take it, right? And so much has changed since then. Yeah. I always say the medical community has just advanced so much because what I learned, it was stage three. It was a five centimeter lump. It was huge. I didn't even notice it. I remember my OBGYN saying, Susan, you have a huge lump on your breast because I lost so much weight. My cup size went from a C to an A and I, I didn't even notice. But so much has changed since then. And the fact that you have archetype testing and whether that chemotherapy is going to react to that cell genetic tumor. It's pretty remarkable. And I always say with Unite for Her, we work directly with the medical community. We're not an either or. We help bridge the gap. So, so you, you offer some medicine-based webinars and educational services as well, or this is not part of your... No, they're all Okay, you just, you just keep on top of the news. And I did not have lymph node involvement, which was key. I, I, I was shocking, a, a lump of that you size. You did not. Mm -mm. A lump of that size did not have lymph node involvement, but I knew my trigger points. I knew sleep was important to me. I knew things that could unbalance and I did acupuncture and still do for years to keep my, my hormones balanced. And I was looking over my shoulder every year, every year. I was so worried and I couldn't wait to hit five years. Of course, you know, that five year mark doesn't mean much in the estrogen receptor positive world. Like you, I was diagnosed in 2004 and I had 10 years before wow. my cancer came back. Yeah. 
I was diagnosed in 2006 and it was 13 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is one piece of information that a lot of early stage breast cancer patients don't actually know and it's not shared with them. And I don't necessarily know if it's a necessary piece of information or not. Well, I just think you have to make the best decision for you as Victoria, as Dar, as Sue. I mean, there's a lot of factors that come into play. And what else are you doing in your lifestyle to bridge that gap that you have, you know, a really holistic approach, body, mind, and spirit. We all know if you're not emotionally well, you're not physically well. We know that. This is what worked for me, right? I would never tell anyone what to do. I I just can only share my story and and my truth. Exactly. Exactly. But it's good. It's good to to share different stories. I did do 10 years of endocrine treatments and That didn't do much for me, did it? <laughs> so, well, you don't know, right? Are those ten years? Those really good ten years? Like, what if it came sooner? But you don't know, and that's the whole thing. You can't look back. You can't judge yourself. You can't beat yourself up. I was so darn good at doing that. What if I would have done that? What if I slept more? What if I didn't go to the hospital as much for my mom? What if? And you can't beat yourself up. You're who you are, but you can figure out what your trigger points are, and that's what I did. I knew. I, I overexert. I get tired. I get exhausted. My family will tell you. I and when I am ready to go to bed, I'm out. Like I, I go to sleep immediately because I just I know that sleep is medicine for me. That is prescription for sure. And I know my trigger points. I know when I'm getting run down. I know that things can sneak in. I eat vegetables morning, noon, and night. I eat everything I want, but I, I am plant forward, and that is something that is really key for the way that my system works. I can feel it. I feel better. I know that about myself. It was a good switch, not only for me, but my whole family. But I understand when people have to make these very difficult choices. Now there's different tests that tell you if the chemotherapy is going to respond to your type of tumor. That's extraordinary. And that they can get so detailed on the type of chemotherapy one receives. At the time, it was adriamycin, cytoxin, taxol. ACT. Mm-hmm. Everybody got that. So much has changed and evolved, and we're right there with the medical community to change and evolve with them. Thirty percent of women will get a reoccurrence. I think it's thirty percent. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It is thirty percent. It, it depends on your agenda. Whoever yeah. quotes that yeah. number, it yeah. can go up or down because we don't really have factual information. It's all extrapolated. It's probably close to one in three. You know, knowledge is power and facts matter. And the more you're educated, the more you can make really sound decisions and use your resources. That's what we're here for. That's what Unite for Her is here for and Unite for Him. How did you come up with that name? I always like to hear Uh, how people come up with the names for their organization. Yeah. Thank you for asking me that. I remember the day vividly. We all were for free for four years. And it was a dear friend of mine who was also uh, part of my communications team and ran that for me. And Julie and I were on the phone thinking about the name. And HER is actually an acronym. And it's helping to empower and restore. That is the acronym. We've treated 10,000 women and 10 men. And now we are you know, really leaning in to partner with other organizations that solely do like his breast cancer because they just don't talk about it and trying to make sure that we are inclusive. But the her is a a brand uniting for her. We're all uniting for her. And we talk about being by her side and her words and her testimony and her story and her nutrition. And it's just been a beautiful 
branding that we've used. And, for and of course, for people like me who have HER2 positive cancer, that's another HER. I know. So we heard about that too. And especially our friends in the pharmaceutical space, they keep thinking, are you only for, and I'm like, oh, I think I got to get the tagline back in there because people think her is her too. And it's not, no, it's just clearly female driven, but we treat men and, and we are there for everyone and really making decisions to make sure we are in those communities that need us the most. And that would be uh, underserved communities more. Yeah. So, so that was the question I was going to ask before I turn it over to Dar. Do you look at the financial situation of a person who wants to get your help? Yeah. So we do not, Victoria. We feel that everyone that is diagnosed is in need and we are not going to determine what their salary and annual income is used for that determines if they're underserved. So we do not do that. We don't feel like that's our place. However, we have made a very concentrated effort, especially in the last three years. We have a three-year strategic plan and then COVID hit and then accelerated that plan that we are going into communities that are underserved, women of color, and making sure that we have a Spanish-speaking only wellness day, which we now have, where our women that are Latina that were through our program actually run our wellness conferences. They're extraordinary. All of our providers that speak Spanish run our wellness days because we used to have translators and there was a gap. It just didn't work well. And we wanted to be more inclusive. Our black women need us. And there are huge health equity gaps and disparities that are front and center more than ever. And for us to lift our heads up and understand how to get there in a way that is more impactful and meaningful, intent is very different than impact. And we are driven by impact. And so now when we have gone to national, we are now serving national and and COVID accelerated that, like I said, because the way we had to shift our model, we mail everything into the home now for the conferences. And we do the sessions virtually, like you and I are talking today. I can feel your energy. You can feel mine. And counseling, sexual health counseling, yoga, Reiki, all done virtual. We can do that anywhere in the nation now. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've targeted and really strategically prioritized different communities that need us the most. And we figured we'll start there, right? We're going to start like we were in Queens and Brooklyn and Mount Sinai and Wacarnell are two of our newest partners. We joined the NBC Alliance, which is such a good partner and, and ended up getting a lot of good new partners and friends talking to Touch BBCA and Chrysalis and Black Health Matters and trying to not just go to the hospitals to recruit, which is the model that we were based on in Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Delaware, but to also have a a multi-pronged approach. So we end up going to different organizations that are in the culture, in the community, and helping us recruit our women of color. Esperanza in Philadelphia to recruit our Latino women. We go to places of worship. We go to sororities and fraternities, knowing that we want to gather that trust. We have a whole advisory task force for our women of color. Mm -hmm. We had a meeting last night. They speak at our conferences because they want to put their face forward, knowing that women are going to listen to them more than they're going to listen to me as a white woman giving that talk about acupuncture. They want to see someone that is in my community doing that service. And they've taught us a lot. We just keep learning from our women. They're extraordinary. And the help they've given us to help us move that mission forward, instead of where we're recruiting women and they're not showing up, why aren't they showing up? 
well, you got to do better. You got to revamp that program in a way that's going to be more inclusive. And the virtual program has helped us do that because now transportation, childcare, work issues, they're all barriers that got broken down because of the way that we were now able to do it virtually. So we have now leaned into different cities that we know are in great need that have a high population of women of color as well and are underserved. And we started there. So we have New York, we have Memphis, Tennessee, we're over at City of Hope in LA. We actually, Facebook groups are extraordinary for us. They're such a tight-knit community, especially our MBC community. And our women living with metastatic disease are just extraordinary advocates of ours. And they want to shout our program from the rooftops because it's just such a viable, impactful program that they can use to help them do better to help their overall quality of life, to help them take less prescriptions, to have better emotional well-being. And they share that on Facebook and that's a trusted resource. So for us, that's our women really moving our mission forward and helping us do that. And they've been extraordinary. We can't do what we do without our volunteer community, our ambassadors, our task force. We have probably 1,400 volunteers We have 18 of us on staff and 18 is huge, by the way. We've never been this big. We were six of us working out of my home in this room that you see now and many of them part-time. And now we're really investing in in our infrastructure and our staff and bringing on people that can really help us with the goals that are really relevant for a lot of us in this space. I have a question for you. Yep. Just to clarify for me, so I'm a metastatic patient and I sign up with you. Tell me what happens. What's the process? What, what can I expect? Yeah. Okay. Well, you would be welcomed into our community. The first thing you do is just we try and make it very easy. We connect you with our wellness program manager. Her name is Nina Ritrovato. And she will send you a link or you can go right on the link yourself. It's very easy. Uniteforher.org slash applyusa. You fill out the application on your handheld or on your computer, and then you are sent a Her Care box. The Her Care box has always been there. It's giving the gift of care anywhere in the nation. And all the things that you would get at the in-person conference are now put in the box. But for our program, the passport is also put in the box. So that's your entrance, your invitation to the program. If you get on our website, you'll see photos of this box. It's beautiful. It's hand-curated to give you products that are really really resourceful for you. Calendula salve for radiation burns, healing tea, cancer-fighting kitchen cookbook, all organic beauty products to teach you how to get the toxins out of your bath and beauty products. But the passport is in there. Once you open that passport and the letter that goes with that passport, it says register for the conference, the wellness conference where you get education and you're invited to One of many that we do. We usually have at least one a month for our community. But our metastatic community, we have about five a year that they can get into or they can watch the recording. Once they get into that conference, we actually sign you up via Zoom and you're sent a link so you know exactly when to show up. The next one is December the 4th. Once you get into our community, you enroll in one of these conferences. We strongly recommend it because that's how you learn how to use the passport. And we go through all the different things that we have to offer. Some basket meal delivery for a week of meals is one of the options. You have choice down the side that you can use your squares for, we call them. Sexual health counseling, regular counseling, a fitness membership, yoga, Reiki, all these different types of modalities that you get to choose that works best for you. 
And they're done virtual around the nation in the Philadelphia area, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. You can go to in-person appointments too, as soon as they're COVID friendly and, and they're abiding by all protocols. The national expansion is all virtual or sent to your home. For our metastatic community, once they utilize their passport, they get to renew that every six months. If they utilize it too quickly before the six months, they do have to wait because that's how we do our budget. Mm-hmm. We are committed to our metastatic community. We know you're on ongoing care, so we don't want to leave your side. If that counseling, if the Reiki, if the yoga, if the food delivery is working for you, we don't want to pull it. Dar, we actually have surveys of our women. We do them every year in all of our communities, but our metastatic community, I'll quote to you, 80% of them had decreased their side effects and symptoms because of our program. And that 27% take less prescriptions because of our program. That's extraordinary. We know we're on the right path. So we don't want to pull that. So we are committed to renewing that passport and raising the dollars. We have a speaker series and ask the experts. We have a like an online community once a month that you can jump in anytime and, and listen to topics that are relevant for you. And that's for our whole community, whether it's medical marijuana and understanding how to utilize that during treatment or during your everyday management of side effects and symptoms, just learning how to make sure you're getting the facts from our doctors talking about genetics versus genomics, clinical trials, getting the toxins out of your beauty products. We have really great topics that are front of mind and that forms this community. We have a virtual hangout every Wednesday, the first of the month. And we had a hundred women sign up for that last Tuesday. And we cook with you and that's actually one of the offerings too. We cook with our women right in their home via Zoom and then send them a $75 gift card so they can buy the grocery list that they need to support their family but all done this way. And it worked. And we had to do that because of COVID. But here we discovered a model that could go anywhere. Are you going to stick to this new model? That is how the expansion will work. We have over 170 providers that treat our women in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Delaware area. We don't have the bandwidth to do that in every place that we go because we're putting out like, just like today, I don't know how many listeners are in, but if they listen and they get in our program, I don't care where they are. We're going to send the program because we know we can deliver it virtually and right mm-hmm. to your home. And that allows us to be able to manage that strategically and manage that internally. So we will go back to in-person in the Philadelphia area and New Jersey and Delaware And it will probably look a little different than it did in the past. We used to do 60 conferences a year. We'll always have a hybrid model. We will have the conference for our our community that might be in person. And then we'll have the catch-all virtual one for those that miss because it just is more convenient. And we see on our screens, women are too sick to get up, but they're logging in and they're laying down in bed and they're watching our program. And they're listening to our advisors and our counselors and our chef and dietitian and getting inspired. And so we'll never go back. Does that help, Dar? I really gave you all it the does. I gave yeah. you all the details. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I wanted was just yeah. to answer a lot of those questions. How does it work? I have one more question, actually. It's very practical and specific for me. That's not a secret at all. That for metastatic patients, integrative services, especially acupuncture, is known to be very effective. A lot of us have neuropathy, that's not only limited to metastatic people, the early stage people who have taxanes probably also have neuropathy. So acupuncture is something that 
a lot of us would probably get benefit from. Clearly, that is not something you can do virtually. So how would it work in reality? So if I live in New York City, how would that, that work for me? I know. So here's the passport that we give that has $2,000 of services looks different national than it does in the local community. When I say local, again, Philadelphia, New Jersey, five counties, some PA but area. When you say New Jersey, Colorado. it's southern New Jersey or northern New Jersey? Southern New Jersey, southern okay. New Jersey, right okay. around the Philadelphia area. Got it. That is where you can take advantage of the acupuncture and the oncology massage. For the national passport, it is not on there, sadly. We just can't manage it because it is in person and they're all vetted by us. We have all of the advisors that vet all of our um, providers. Our acupuncturists are dual trained, physician based as well. So those two items are not on the passport for the national. What's on the passport is a fitness membership which can help with neuropathy, all those different movements. Yoga helps with neuropathy as well. It's a different approach. I wish I could figure this part out and and bear with us. Now that you're going nationally and working more with different hospitals, somebody who is not in your local immediate area, but who would be willing to travel, say, an hour, it would still be all right. If somebody who's in Connecticut or Westchester, as you said, yeah, that totally. Still be an option. Oh, yeah. Or else you just do it virtually. You'll get your passport and you can utilize some basket meal delivery, the grocery shopping, the cooking, the counseling sessions, the sexual counseling sessions. Yes. Um, they actually took an uptick, our counseling, because people are more comfortable at home putting up their computer and going in their bedroom and having their counseling session. Yoga and Reiki, that is done virtually. Reiki, I had to try it myself because I was trying to wrap my head around that and try to understand how that would work. But it was lovely, so relaxing. The passport is offered in a different way around the nation so that we can deliver to anyone and not have, well, wait a minute, what county are you in? Uh, We don't have somebody there. It it would just be impossible. So we can get that word out just like today. And we know we can deliver to anyone on this podcast that passport's tried and true for the national. When we see it come through and if we see that, oh, you're actually in our area that is local, then we'll give you the other passport that allows you to get access to acupuncture and massage therapy. If you are close to those boundaries and you gave us a call and said, Hey, I want to travel. Mm-hmm. Oh, go for it. Yep. We'll give you the correct passport and we'll pay for those treatments. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Sounds like you've got a, a lot on your plate there, but do you have any future plans, five, 10 year kind of plans uh, or, or pie in the sky dreams? Yeah, I know. So it's such a good question, Dar, because that pie in the sky actually got accelerated in three months that we thought we would do in three years. And the pandemic did that for us. We had to pivot on a dime so quickly. We had 900 women that we were to treat in 2020 in March and the world shut down and cancer didn't stop. And there was no way we were not going to be there for them. On our strategic plan for three years, our goal was to get to two, three cities. We're in 38 states. So the pie in the sky, it got forced on us, right? Like we, we, we actually are living that pie in the sky right now. The fact that we could be on this national stage, oh, it's so good. Our next step is to just continue to build these relationships that we are looking to do. That's our five-year plan. Looks like what we're doing now, but with such impact. 
and with really strong recruiting relationships. We built these relationships over 12 years in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, Delaware area. Now we're accelerated. And of course, we have this reputation. So people hear about us and know us and are diving in across the nation. But we want to build that hands-on trusted relationship like we have here in our local area across the nation. And we do that by just continuing to serve getting the hospitals and navigators to know who we are and getting engaged in our community. Our fundraising events, we do those virtual too. So if you're in Connecticut, you can do the walk with us, volunteer and walk virtually. We did that. And we did our fashion show virtual right here online. And they walked the runways of their home and people logged in. We're able to try and grab the community and come in. For us, our three, five-year plan right now is really to maintain and catch up and keep this model going, that it's so hands-on. If we could figure out that acupuncture and massage therapy component, that would be the ultimate dream to me. Yes, (laughs) and to many of us. All of us. (laughs) You're doing an amazing job, but it's an expensive thing you're doing. It costs a lot of money to provide the services that you do. Mm -hmm. And fundraising is obviously the way you go about it. So tell us about the fundraising a little more. And I want to hear about your fashion show. My son is a fashion designer, so I really want to hear what it is that you do with the fashion show. Gosh, that's so fun. I almost want you to just go right on our website and hear from our women because it's extraordinary. We have under the testimonial page, we took a highlight reel of our fashion show that we did virtual. We're hoping to do this one in person this year. We've done two virtual now because April 2020, we did virtual and then we had to do it again. The fashion show are our women that walk the runway. They end up walking the runway in their own home now during COVID, but normally we hold this at an event. We have three to 400 people and they tell their story and they walk with their loved one, their kids. We have three designers that dress our women for the day and we raise a good amount. We raise about 250000 at those fashion shows. During COVID, that was a, a change, but we still did great. We, we did about 150000 virtual. So it just is such a a meaningful day, but you get to hear directly from the women. And what changed so much that was so impactful with the fashion show, it's always in April, it's the last weekend of April, Mm -hmm. is that usually when they're given a testimonial in person, they are like on this front stage and everyone's behind and all their tables. And sometimes it's hard to hear. When you're like this doing the testimonial, and you'll see that on that video, they are right here. And you can see their eyes, you can see the love, you can see the support, you can see the gratitude, their family comes in, you see their young boys, their husband, all talking about what we were able to do for them and that passport. Watch it. It's beautiful. That was captured that we didn't realize how much that would resonate across the screen when we did a virtual event. And it brought tears to everyone's eyes. Like it was so impactful mm-hmm. that I don't know if we'll ever gain that back when we go back in person because you will go back in person though you right. we'll do a hybrid so we'll That's have it a in great person. idea mm-hmm. we'll have it in person and then the ladies will walk and then we'll have a production facility we will stream it live and then they'll talk with at home participants which we can then pull in our nationwide participants yep. and join us so yeah it's a good event we do a lot of fundraising you're right our model's expensive most nonprofits have one maybe two big signature events well, share our parent organization, they have one 
huge event. It's a tasting event. That's a really big one once a year in September, but of course for the last two years, it was hard to do a taste, tasting event yeah. virtually. Yeah. But you, you yeah. guys do a lot more than one. We have four signature events. I'll start with the first one is the Pink Invitational I told you about. That's actually 4,000 gymnasts all across the country come down to the convention center. We actually did that virtual last year. We had our judges on Zoom. So we had 2,800 athletes that we did virtual. It was extraordinary. I have pictures of me with five screens up and I'm just one person. We had five of us running a production for this event. But normally, and we are back in person this year and being Olympic year, we're going to have hopefully some fun celebrities that we can't announce you bring contract with, but we're excited to get them to come out. But that's a big fundraiser for us. That nets about 700,000 and we're hoping to get back to that number. Last year, clearly we could not make that number, but we did really well. The kids raise money in their hometown. If they raise a certain amount, 25,000 or more, we start a program in their hometown for them so they can feel their money go right to the community that they live and do their gymnastics in. The next event we have is the fashion show, which I told you about. So that's another big event that we have. Come September, we do a a 5K and we feel like that has so much growth potential. We usually have 2,000 people in the streets of Westchester and that's a lot of fun. It's virtual now. We will always keep it virtual. We had, I think, about 40 states and six countries participate last year in September. So that was fun. And then we also have a chef event, Victoria, and I totally get it. We thought we were going to be in person this year. We had to shift that one to a virtual format again. We chose 10 restaurants. They had 10 menus. The ticket would be choose your restaurant of choice. And our ticket holders would pick up a beautiful crate mm-hmm. that had all of the food inside. That's a nice idea too. Wine, glasses, an apron, our program. They take that crate, come home, set their table, flowers. We gave them everything to set the table. And then they would log on to Zoom. And then we took them on national wine tours. And the wine that they had in their crate was the wine that we were featuring, whether it was Jay Lore in California or it was uh, Whisper Wines. It's actually local, but he makes it in California. And we would take them, Grace Winery is local, take them on these wine tours. And that did really well. Our community stuck with us. And we raised the same amount of money that we did in person. We've done that twice. We can't wait to be back in person. Though. There's that no- I'm sure. You know, nothing like a tasting, as you can imagine. I would love to hear what you guys do because that's a fun event for all of us. It's a very well-known event. Everybody's looking forward to it every year. Yeah. Where is it held? It's held in the Pier 17 downtown Chelsea Piers. And they have a, a huge event venue with the great view it's right in the hot sun and it has like a around 300 almost 60 degrees view of the river it's lovely lovely. it started because the new york female chefs came to share and said we want to put on a fundraiser for you so it's done by the women chefs of new york and they come oh i love it they set up their own stations and they do their signature items and of course the wine and all of that yeah oh i love that it's all female chefs too i love it yeah really good i hope you get back there and i do too i hope that next year it's going to be in person and maybe we can attend one of yours oh my daughter lives in new york so i'll i'll go I will totally. Wonderful. Yes. Okay. Dar, do you have any questions? Okay. I think we've got everything answered. All right. Please enroll in our program. Please feel our program. I did. 
Morning. You did this morning. Did. Yay. Oh, darn. That makes me so happy. So I'll, I'll you will same. be able to tell us how it feels. How does it feel when you get that back? Please give me feedback because we love listening. I, to will. I have a question. You help us so much and we're so grateful. So we want to give you back. So maybe by asking you how people can volunteer for your organization, uh-huh. maybe that would give you more volunteers and that would be a gift love from it. us to you. Yeah, I love that. We build all of these boxes. So Dar, the box that you get are volunteer built and they're usually our women. They're all our women coming to our offices. Our office is converted over to a distribution center during COVID. So we usually have shared desks now because we're building everything right in our offices. So you'd have to be in our area to build those boxes. We do send things home to collate for people to do things at home. But I think if you're around the nation, watch for our events, come to our community events, do our 5K, see what you can do around that nation. And maybe you can even start a little, like we do Student Unite for Her events that the kids do pink games and do a little fundraiser in their hometown. Um, You could do that and just establish joy right in your own community, something that, that speaks to you, whether it's a cupcake sale or it's a little 5k it could be anything but really you just go to info at uniteforher.org and we have a conversation with you and we always figure something out and that's the beauty of it we meet you where you are and then we want you to feel like oh i love doing that i love doing this part of my volunteering because it resonates with you so we got to figure out what your goals are what inspires you and then we put those two things together. And I think that's how we keep so many of our volunteers. Yeah. And just sharing about the program. Right now, we are in recruiting mode. We know those Facebook groups are important. It's a trusted place. Our organizations don't go in those, right? Like it's only for the, right. the women that are newly diagnosed or living with metastatic disease. I love that you signed up for our program, Dar. And make sure you, you email me back and send me a photo when you're opening up that box. Definitely get back to you on it, for sure. <laughs> I want to hear Susie, if you felt the love. Yeah. Wonderful. So let me ask you, oh my God, I, I, I still have a couple of questions. I'm sorry. I just can't stop asking questions because it's so amazing what you guys are doing. And this is my usual Every time we do interviews, I know I forget to ask something. And you know yourself better than we know you. So if you were us, what would you ask you? Oh, if I was you. Or if you were yourself, what would you ask yourself? (laughs) A question that we have forgotten to ask or didn't think of asking. You guys were good. You covered so much. I feel like we did a lot in this hour. You actually were good. We were doing nothing. We were stumping me. Enjoying us. You're like stumping me. I feel like I, I can tell you what our challenges are. Let me tell you what our challenges are. That's good. Is that good? Because right now we're all about forming new relationships and getting to communities and cancer centers that are really in great need. So those warm connections are so helpful to us or organizations that focus on our women of color, our black women, our Latino women, and they have the pulse of the community and they can put that message out. And all of a sudden we're getting a a registration in because they heard about it, right? We're really um, excited about all our new relationships and we have to build more. I know, Cher, we worked with Christine and we got a couple of your women in um, our program, but it's just being able to find like a really good recruiting partner that could help us get to those that are in need. 
that would be incredible for us. We're finding them. Word is getting out. People are sharing who we are. Those Facebook groups are key, especially if we can find Facebook groups that are solely in the different communities that we're hoping to prioritize. Our metastatic Facebook groups, we're in there, which we are so grateful for. Our women of color, we want to go into our Black Facebook groups for sure. And then our Latina Facebook groups. So we're looking for some leads there as well. That helpful? Wonderful. It was very helpful. So I'm good. Dara, how about you? I am too. You don't want to ask your your question of the season? Okay. Yes. (laughs) One more. Put her on the spot again, but we're going to do that. I'll do the best I can. She's very good at it. She's she's a trying to be kind, but Victoria won't let me. All right. Okay, here we go. In three words. Oh, darn. Describe your organization. I can't do anything in three words. That's that's not my strength. Wow. Describe my organization. Three words. Authentic. Empowering. Supportive. Wonderful. I did not stump. Thank you. You did beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you about a hundred more, but great that job. is one thing. Oh, this, is, this, is, this is what matters. Great. Thank you so oh. very much. Well, thank you. You guys made my day. You made my morning. I'll tell you, we're so heads down in the work and it's a lot like you guys know, but this is so joyful. I appreciate it. I needed it today. So there we go. Let's meet, there every, go. Let's meet every week. And there we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, if you need anything, let me know. We're here Take for you. Bye bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Take care. And this promise, here is our friend Dar, bringing us a dash of joy. Hi, Dar here with a dash of joy. We are now knee-deep in the holiday season, and I think it's a great time to talk about gratitude and how important it is for having a joyful life. I'm sure all of us here have experienced times of worry, anger, fear, and frustration, and that has just taken us down a rabbit hole where we feel like life is just too much. When that happens, one of the tools you can bring to the rescue is gratitude. The next time you feel your heart beating too fast, or you can't control your crying, or you just don't feel like getting out of bed to start the day, take a deep, slow breath and list five things in your head that you are grateful for. I often find that this begins to turn my day around just like that. It isn't always a magic pill, but it can be a stepping stone to more joy. Making gratitude a part of your life, just like breathing, is such a huge help if you're searching for joy. But you can't just conjure up a life lived in gratitude. Unlike being thankful, which exists in the mind, gratitude is an appreciation that comes from the heart. It has to be cultivated and practiced. Gratitude without practice is a little bit like having faith without the related good works. I found the best way to do this is to make it a habit. Here are some, a couple hints for adding gratitude to your life. 
Many people use journals or meditation practices to incorporate gratitude as part of their life. The act of writing your appreciation of even the mundane everyday things, like the medication that took away your headache, creates a habit of gratitude. One thing I like to do is to take time every day to show the people around me my gratitude for the little things they do. Take time to tell the cashier how much you appreciate them being cheerful during these short staffing times. Or tell your prime delivery driver how much you were looking forward to getting the package they delivered. Another way to show your gratitude is to comment on a social media post, send an email, make a call, or actually send snail mail expressing your gratitude for something someone has done or how they have been there for you. We often focus on the things people don't do and not on the little everyday things they do do to make our lives better. You never know how these simple acts of gratitude may impact another person. Now, on days that are especially stressful, I found that stopping and saying out loud, I am grateful for, and then fill in the blanks, and this makes me feel better. Somehow, expressing my gratitude aloud seems to make it even more effective. Now, many people give thanks first thing in the morning and last thing at night. I tried that, but I kept forgetting to do it. So now, I think of five things every morning and evening when I'm brushing my teeth. I know that might sound crazy, but this is a way that I don't forget to do it. As you develop a practice of gratitude, you will find that you're touching your heart as you express thanks for things in the past, the present, and the future. This is a conversation with your inner self, and it begins a chain reaction where your moment of gratitude feeds into the next one and the next. This causes a shift into joy that you will now begin to experience in your life. I'd like to share with you a quote that I love from Melody Beatty. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. So use this holiday season to begin or strengthen your gratitude practice. It's the perfect time to start. I hope you will continue to join me on this joyful adventure on the RMBC Life Trailblazer episodes the last Thursday of each month. Until we chat again, go. Have a joyful day. This podcast was produced by me, Victoria Goldberg, and Darfin Kostin. Our executive producer is Christine Benjamin, Senior Director of Patient Services and Education at Share Cancer Support. Every episode is supported by our incredible senior team. You can find more episodes of Our NBC Live wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. And look for a new Trailblazer and Dash of Joy episode on the last Thursday of the month. Check out our blog and full episode notes on our website at ourmbclife.org. Sign up for our news blast. We would love to hear from you.